So, Francois, did you know this is our first podcast episode ever? I know. Sorry, I got a call. Can I put you on hold, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh. Okay, let's do this. Welcome to our podcast, Created for Good. We are not an accident. We were created for a purpose, to reach and impact this world for Christ and to build his kingdom by impacting the poor, broken, lost, lonely, and marginalized. Join us on this journey as we interview people living lives that are making a difference in areas like orphan care, human trafficking, poverty, and more. This podcast is hosted by Justin Hazlett and Francois Dupria from Legacy Refuge, a nonprofit focused on seeing orphans in the Ukraine saved, loved, adopted, and empowered to live a healthy, productive life. If you want to learn how to begin making a difference in the lives of orphans in the Ukraine by donating, purchasing cause products, going on a trip with us to Ukraine, or hosting an orphan in your home, you can head to legacyrefuge.org. We hope you enjoy this episode and are inspired to live a life that builds his kingdom and shows love in everything we do. So this is the first podcast and I'm here with my old friend with an awesome accent from South Africa, living in Canada. What's up, Francois? Hey guys. How you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. Got any uh, updates for us before we hit the hit the main main show? Yeah, well, so we'll have a link to our show notes uh, with the podcast, or you can find it at legacynetwork.org forward slash episode one. Justin, well I, done. I love how you say org. That's that's why I have you on the podcast and pay you the big bucks. Oh, did, what did the Americans say? O R G. O R G. So, Justin, you've got a vision that we're carrying out today. What What's this vision about? Why, why are we launching this podcast? Yeah, man, I'm so pumped to launch this podcast, seriously, because it's in tandem with our True Love Initiative, which um, I don't know if any of you followed what we've done this last winter, but we put we gathered cause products from awesome companies that all make a tremendous difference in areas like human trafficking, uh, alleviating poverty, or... Uh, orphan care, things like that. We gathered them into one box and then we sold it. And every box we sold provided one Christmas present for an orphan in Ukraine. So this winter we provided 300 presents for kids out in Ukraine, which was awesome, but we didn't want to stop there. I connected with a little boy named Kulia who lives in Ukraine when I was out there last March and then recently connected with the family who hosted him here in America. They live out in Maine. And so we thought, why don't we sell awesome cause products and have all the profits go to their adoption fund to help them bring Kulia home. That's awesome, dude. So how did you how did you meet Kulia? What what's the story behind that? So what we do is we're a, we're a nonprofit ministry that works in Ukraine with orphans out there. So we have a team on the ground in Ukraine, and we take teams of people from America out there to Ukraine to do camps at the orphanage with the kids. That's one of the things we do. And so last March, we went to an orphanage. We had a little team. We went out and partnered with the ministry out there and did a big 
spring camp. And Coolio was one of the boys at the camp we did. And actually, we have some cool pictures with me and Coolio together, which you can find in the show notes uh, that we'll do. But that's how I met him. That's awesome. So, so tell me about the story, like how you cross paths with him again, and then with the with the folks we're going to interview today. Um, so yeah, so actually, it's funny because Coolia, I don't really even know how, but when he was being hosted by this family this last summer, he found me on Facebook and reached out to me, and just he speaks Russian, so he just did the wave hand. He's like, "Coolia waves at you." So I did Google translate and we talked a little bit and then I saw that he was connected to this family. And then I just reached out to the family to connect with them. And so that's kind of how we all got connected again. And then I found out they hosted him again in the winter and now they're pursuing the adoption process. So you don't know what wave is in Ukrainian yet? <laughs> it's a uh, wave. No, wave? That's, that's Spanish. Sorry. You made that up. <laughs> what language is that, Justin? <laughs> it's, it's, you can't it's, just make up words and call it Ukrainian. I can. I I am learning Russian. I have I have twice a week Russian lessons. Do you really? I do. But so I can, tell me something in Russian. Well, it's the most important thing. The only thing you really need to know in Russian is which means I would like my coffee black with no sugar. Nice, dude. That's nice. all I need, and I'm good. That's all you need, yeah. Never mind, where's the orphanage? Or No, don't worry about any of that stuff. <laughs> Just get the coffee. So the cool thing is, we are interviewing this family today on the podcast. Their name's Jessica and Jason Stockmar. So we are actually going to roll into uh, the interview we did with them, and then Francois and I will join back together talk about that and then we're hopefully going to fire you up with some inspiration about what true love is uh, we're interviewing jessica and jason today because they hosted an awesome kid named kulia from ukraine he's an orphan out in ukraine and actually i met kulia in march this last year when we we went and did a camp out there and Kulia actually reached out to me on Facebook, and through the whole thing, we got connected. Um, so why don't you guys tell us, how, how did you guys get connected with, with Ukraine and with Kulia, and, and how did all this begin? Um, well, we were looking into um, posting some children through the Fresh Air Fund out of New York, actually. And I guess they had... Um, a lack of families that were going to participate. So we were told that would need us this summer. Um, so we were a little disappointed. We were chatting with some friends and a good friend of mine said that her and her husband were going to host three boys um, through host Ukraine. So we gave a look into that and browsed through some photo listings and that's when we came upon Kolya's photo and just, it was, you know, it, it was like an instant connection. You know, we saw him and just felt like he would be a perfect fit. So we signed up, started the application process and started fundraising to bring him here for the summer. That's awesome. So how, 
had you guys always known you wanted to get involved in hosting or adoption or what, what's kind of the, the genesis or the beginning to all to even where you, before you got to that point? Well, for me, I kind of, you know, I've always known that I wanted to foster. I wanted to adopt since I was probably in grade school. Um, there was a woman that lived, uh, down the street from me that did a lot with foster care and I was friends with a lot of the kids that came into her care. So it was just something that was kind of always on my radar, something that I wanted to do. Um, and then for, for Jason, probably not so much. (laughs) Yeah. Jason, has this been kind of a, yeah, uh, something out of what you had thought before well, when when I went into a, or came into adulthood, my my intent was to uh, probably never have kids because they're, they're they're absolutely crazy. <laughs> but I mean, I've always kind of been into helping other people. I did a key club in high school, which was a club for volunteering in the community and stuff like that. And I've always kind of you know felt that need to help others when they need it, uh, and then. When Jessica and I got together, uh, we you know, began talking about all sorts of different things and, and eventually decided that, you know, uh, hosting or uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Adoption. Foster care. Uh, yeah, foster care and stuff like that was, was something we wanted to go for. Yeah. Yeah, we actually, um, our, our son is, he's 11 now. Um, after we had him, we planned on having more children and it just wasn't really in the cards for us at the time. Uh, it never really happened. Uh, we started trying to have more children when he was probably two and a half or three and we tried for several years. And then when he was maybe, I think he was maybe five we decided that since we couldn't seem to have another one that we would get into state foster care. Um, so we ended up going through the foster system and we had a couple of placements, um, over probably a three year period. Um, and then decided that, you know, we were going to get out of foster care for a little while. And as soon as we got out of foster care, we actually ended up having our daughter who is now two and a half. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, we still felt like we wanted to do something else. Um, so we started looking into possibly doing foster care again, possibly hosting. That's when we looked into the Fresh Air Fund. Um, and then we got connected with Host Ukraine. That's awesome. So was, was Ukraine a draw to you for a certain reason or just kind of what opened up to you? No, it just it just kind of opened up to us. You know, I think everything happens for a reason, and I think the cards kind of fell on the plate in place the way that they, the way that they were supposed to. Yeah, and so you connected with Kulia, and he came. When was the first time he came? Um, he came last summer, two thousand seventeen. For a month or. Um, he came for 11 weeks, actually. It was wow. the middle of June until the end of August. Um, okay. And then, um, you know, funding was really difficult. And we had thought that, you know, maybe hosting a second time wasn't a good idea, um, you know, through a 
series of mishaps. Um, I became a stay-at-home mom, and Jason ended up losing his job, so he was unemployed for about three or four weeks. So we weren't really planning to rehost Kolya, but then he reached out saying, you know, that he really he wanted to come home. He wanted to come here, um, and he had said that you know if he couldn't come back to us, then he didn't want to come back to America. Um, so that's when we reached out to the director of Host Ukraine and kind of made it happen. You know, in a matter of a week and a half, we were fully funded and he was back for Christmas. That's awesome. Um, he came back mid-December to, to mid-January. Well, we've hosted two different times. Once was two girls from Ukraine and once was one. And both, you know, we had phenomenal moments and, and super difficult moments. What uh, What were kind of the first, you know... What were some of your first thoughts when you were hosting, when, when he first came and you first, you know, this strange kid from another country who doesn't speak a lick of English comes into your home? Um, I mean, really, even before that, when we were at the airport, you know, he, he got off the plane and came through the customs gate and none of us even knew what to do. I mean, it was we really just sat there and stared each, at each other for a good five or six minutes before <laughs> anybody said anything. Um, we didn't know what to say, how to communicate. Um, but within a couple of days, I mean, we just fell into a routine, and now we communicate very well. You know, he's picked up a lot of English, and it's not as scary as we thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's amazing how quick they learn words and, and it's amazing how fast, how much you can communicate without the language. Yeah, definitely. We did a lot of charades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hear you. And for both of you, what were some of the best moments, you know, most just impactful moments for you along the journey of hosting? Um, I think for me, it was just, it was seeing a lot of the small things come out in him. Um, a lot of the confidence, uh, a lot of the connection that he made specifically with me, you know, holding my hand when we crossed the street, um, giving me hugs before bedtime, um, seeing him smile when we went on, you know, family outings. Um, when he first came to us, he seemed to think that our two-year-old daughter was like this poisonous creature that had to be locked in a separate room. Um, <laughs> he was trying to, you know, close her in our bedroom so that she wasn't in the common area near him. Um, he would lock her on the other side of the gate in the kitchen so that she was contained away from him. Um, and by the middle to the end of the summer, I, they were just, they were so bonded. Um, mm. and they still are. I mean, my daughter carries around a picture of him and points to him all the time and, uh, you know, sleep holding his picture and giving him, you know, giving kisses to the picture. That's so, I mean, so... completely bonded. So it was just, it was amazing to see the transformation in him. That's precious. That's awesome. How about you, Jason? Were there any specific moments that really stood out to you? With the the first hosting, I mean, it was it was a long time, but it all kind of happened so fast <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Um, but the second hosting, when he came for Christmas, 
Um, I mean, he seemed to open up a lot more to me. He you know, was talking to me a lot more. Um, and, you know, he was just seemed so happy and, and thankful to, you know, get even the littlest of, of things. I mean, we, we, you know, got him some, some fairly nice stuff, nothing, you know, crazy fancy, but yeah, he was, he was just, hmm. he was just happy. <laughs> That's awesome. And so what now has made you guys decide, like, you know, we, we did this step of, you know, we hosted and now we're ready to take that next step into pursuing the adoption. Uh, he just, it, it feels like he's supposed to be here. He quickly became a part of our family. He's, I don't know. I'm not even sure I can, I can explain it. He just, it feels like this is where he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be with us. He fits well with our family and he is a part of who we are. That's amazing. That's awesome. And we're so pumped to, to be a part of this. It's so fun. How to me, how God worked it all together for us to connect with you through cool. You're reaching out that I had met him. And, and so we're, we're excited to be a part of this and help put the funds from this true love initiative into your guys's adoption because it's a long crazy process and um so we love what you guys are doing we're we support you and uh hope everybody listening spreads the word about the the true love initiative and gets the word out so that we can fund this adoption as soon as possible and and get coolia back home to you guys that's amazing and just to end, since we are the True Love Initiative and we're doing this True Love thing for Valentine's, you know, what do you guys think? You know, when, when I say true love, what is the general thing you guys think? Well, I mean, for me, I've, you know, I've given it some thought since, since we spoke last. And, you know, it kind of brought me back to the Bible, you know, uh, to Corinthians where it says that love never gives up it never loses faith it's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance you know true love is not giving up when things get get difficult it's about knowing that no matter what you have someone that you can count on and i think you know that's that's what colia needs that's that's what everyone needs you know everyone just needs someone that's not going to give up on them and that's always going to count on them no matter what even when things get difficult Hey, welcome back. Hopefully you enjoyed that interview. We're just going to kind of talk through some of the things that stuck out to us and hopefully dive deeper into it. Um, Hopefully it speaks to you, encourages you, and um, enjoy. So one thing I love she said, Francois, is I was kind of, one thing I'm passionate about is kind of tracking how people connect with their God-given purpose. and. So I was interested in her story of how they just, she had said that as a little kid, somebody she knew did foster care. And so she'd always have this passion. So first of all, I thought it was neat that 
you know, even from a young age, God plants dreams in our heart for the things that he's leading us into when we're older. And I think that's right. kind of cool. Yeah. And I think the same thing with Jason, like even, even though he didn't have that kind of exposure when he was a kid, I think God is really moving in him to make a difference in this, in this kid's life and be a real dad, right? Like be a dad for someone that doesn't have a dad right now. And he can play a role that, that can ultimately bring Coolio closer to God in the end. Right. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite thing Jason said, which is so true. It's just like, so true is kids are crazy. Yes. They are, they are pretty crazy. Let's just, let's just How many part, kids do you have? What are you, like 25 kids now? Or 20, kids 26. 26. Oh, 26. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forget. They, I lose count. Yeah. No, we have four. Four little dudes. All boys. That's awesome. And, and you, have four, you have three boys, right? I have three boys. Three yeah. boys. One thing that stuck out to me is it wasn't this huge thing. Like, they didn't set out to adopt. They just wanted to make a difference a little bit. And I had this thought yeah. that... You know, small steps of action towards love lead us towards our God-given purpose. Oh, that's awesome. So I think a lot of times we're scared to pursue things. We're, we're scared because our dream's so big, the passion's so big, maybe we want to adopt or maybe this huge vision down the road, but then we're scared and we think we have to go from here to there. Yeah, dude, that actually absolutely resonates with me. Like, if you if you take a look at the whole orphan problem, it it's so big. Like, where do you even start with it, right? But I think I think that's spot on. Like, they took one small step and just helped where they could, and now they're changing a whole life, right, with the help of God. Like, it's it's really awesome. Yeah, I mean, it went from literally. They're like, you know, if you follow what she was saying, she's like, well, we just thought maybe we could host a kid for a little bit. Right. And, and then she hosted them. And then it's like, well, and then I love what she said. She said they weren't going to host, but Kulia uh, was asked by another family to come. And he said, no, I only want yeah. to go to their family. I love that too. I don't want to come to America. I want to go to their house. <laughs> yeah. And that just shows the power, like th to host a kid in your home, like they've never experienced a family's love. So that's yeah. mind blowing for them. Yeah. So they went from like, oh, maybe we'll host to then hosting twice to then now we love this kid. And I think what you said is so important that the orphan problem is a, such a huge thing um, that you don't know where to start because it's it's overwhelming when it's this huge, nameless, faceless statistic. Yeah. But, but yeah. when it becomes a person, it's totally different. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I love yeah, that. So Go ahead. So, the, so one of the things that that I think she she hammered on a lot, which, which to me, as someone who's never hosted or adopted before, is like what happens to that family dynamic, right? Like, especially if you've got three little kids already. And she was talking about how um, her two year old and and Coolia kind of they didn't get along very well in the <laughs> right. there. But now there, there's such a strong bond between between them, right? Like, what what's some of your experience with with the hostings that you've done in the past? Yeah, so we've hosted two different times. Once was with two girls, two eight year old girls, and then the last summer was with a uh, one eight year old girl. And both were absolutely crazy and absolutely hard and absolutely the best thing we've done. 
all at the same time. Yeah. And it does. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're welcoming a, another child into your home who does have issues. And, right. and this is the essence to me of what true love is, right? Like true love isn't a feeling. Cause if it was all about a feeling, then I would stop doing any of this because there are moments where you love it. And then there's moments that are brutal and you're like, what am I doing? What, what did we do? Like this right. is hard, but to me, yeah. that's the essence of true love and what this podcast and all this is about is like, love is not this, this feeling that Hollywood puts out. Love is actually action. Right. And if you look at love in the Bible, it it's, you know, Jesus is our model of love and what yeah. he did for us did not feel good at the time, obviously. But he did it because of a greater reward in the future. And I love this verse in Corinthians where he's talking about love. Um, hold on, wait. Are you listening to it again? No, I'm just thinking. Oh, because <laughs> you look very confused. Is that how you think usually? <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> Is somebody mowing their lawn outside? Oh, you can hear that? <laughs> yeah. That's a problem, dude. <laughs> I felt like we had some good momentum going, but now it's just gone. <laughs> well, can you backtrack? Because I think we need to carry on yeah, with yeah. that. Um, what was I saying, though? You're talking about Corinthians. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's... Okay. So I love this... You know, in talking about true love, in I love in 1 Corinthians 13, he's talking about, like, if we don't have love, like, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels but don't have love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, if I, if I have faith to remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have, if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. So what I find interesting there is in kind of tying back to what I said about small steps, like we can take small steps of love, like towards love, like making a difference with love that lead to yeah. huge God purpose. But it's also the other way. We can either take steps away from doing good things or even good stuff without love. That is, if, if you take one step at a time, both are going to lead you in far directions. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. like, and that's a, like the small steps with love. Like I love, so therefore I'm going to do what's right and what's good and what's sacrificial. That is going to lead us towards these huge, awesome things that we're going to tell our grandkids about. But small steps in the wrong direction, doing the wrong thing or doing the right thing without love will take us to the wrong direction where we're going to look back and say, what was I doing? I could have done so much more with my life. So that's kind of what stuck out to me with some of the things she was saying. Well, dude, and that's awesome because if you think about the massive step that God took to adopt us into, into his family, which is perfect and blameless and spotless, and he adopted this broken child into his family and just completely consumed us as, as humanity, right? Like how big is that love? 
In Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. That's awesome, man. Like we, we were chosen to be adopted way before the foundations of the earth were even laid out. You want to talk about true love. That's true love. That's, that's why God is love. It's just completely in his nature, right? And I, I think it's our responsibility um, as believers to replicate that and to, to demonstrate that same kind of love to, to people out in the world. I love what you said about him adopting us because it is true love is about what he did first there's another verse in the bible and it skips what where it is right now it says we love because he first loved us so we don't we can't even love or do anything good without him initiating it so he loved so therefore we love because he loved us he adopted us so therefore we go out to adopt others and to love others and to fight for the for people like he fought for people to love people like he loved people well and i think that's cool because that takes the whole legalistic or um dogmatic thing away from it because you know we don't have to go out and love people and do good because we have to we do it because we're loved and we're accepted and that's why we love and accept others because we know what it means for us right like we we can give because it's been given to us and it's such a privilege to do that we don't have to do it out of obligation it's a pure it's a pure want that we want to do it out of right and not a feeling it's an action so absolutely yeah is an action jesus didn't didn't just feel a love for us he took action on a feeling and did what was right with the heart of love behind it and so, Francois, as we talk about like this podcast and true love, especially in terms of the poor, the broken, the marginalized, the orphan, the human traffic victim, what do you think that means for us, for you, for me, for other people listening? Like, if we're going to love like Jesus loved with that action kind of love that sacrifices, what does that look like with those people in mind? Well, I think the first thing is is taking that that small step, right? And I think, well, I think that's one piece. I think the probably the more important piece is to realize that to all the listeners out there that we have that love from God. And it's really just up to us accepting it and realizing that we're accepted. You know, what what does true love really mean? To me, in Revelation 2, verse 1, um, the angel of the church of Ephesus writes to them, that you know they've done all these good things and they're really holding true to their their beliefs and their faith and all this but Jesus has this against them that they've lost their true love and it's kind of confusing because you think okay well what is it that they lost their true love for is it is it Jesus but no because they're kind of showing the fruit you know it's still there but what they have lost is that they're not focused on people outside anymore they've kind of created their own little clique um, and their own little subculture in the church. What they have to remember is that that there's others out there, and that's that's what how our fruit is demonstrated is by including and by taking action, like you said, 
for those in need outside of the church, right? Not just in the church. Absolutely. And and I think the bottom line to what this whole podcast to sum up is that what's, you know, the action out of all this, I hope, is that we say, all right, what's the small steps out of love that you can do now? Just like, you know, Jessica and Jason were like, hey, you know what, maybe we could host a kid for a summer or, or, you know, maybe you can give. And, and that's why actually we've set up our organization with, with steps. Cause I realize not everybody's going to say, yeah, I'm going to go adopt tomorrow. So we have kind of steps like, hey, you can buy a product like coffee or a candle from our shop that goes to impact orphans, or you can donate, or you can go on a trip with us, or you can host a kid, or you can adopt. So it's like stepping stones. So whatever it is, like, what are you going to do that shows love? Like I always tell my son, you know, he's 11 and, and our other kids, they'll will say, you're not even grateful. And he's like, I am grateful. And I'll say, well, you're not showing gratitude. Right. Right. Like we can say. There's uh, a big difference. <laughs> right. You know, like, really? You're grateful? Because you sure could have fooled me. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't catch that at all. But I think we sometimes as Christians can fool ourselves. Right. Like, yeah. Like, oh, I love people. Well, show me, like, prove it, you know, like, how do I know? How does, I just think it's easy to say, oh, I love people. But in reality, we're not doing anything that shows love. Right. You know, and I love this quote from Bob, this writer, Bob Goff. He says, we need to stop plotting the course and instead just land the plane on our plans and make a difference by getting to the do part of faith. Yeah, that lines up quite nicely with uh, with James. Faith, works without action, no, faith without works yeah. is, uh, is dead, right? Yeah, faith without works is dead. And then a little, either before or after, I can't quite remember right now, is that true religion is this, to love the orphan and widows and to keep yourself spotless from the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to go more into all this about um, you know, how the kingdom of God intersects with justice here on earth about making a difference in orphans, marginalized, lost, broken, because it's huge. And it, in, in, but it's got to be motivated by love, not motivated by political stuff, not motivated by my money or anything. But if we can be a people who say, look, I'm going to literally give my life like Jesus gave his life away. I'm going to give it to him and I'm going to go love those he loves and care about those he cares about with action. That's awesome, man. So I guess if you want to learn more about love, how God loves you, how you can love others, or how others can love you, like Justin and I will love you, then <laughs> uh, then you can reach out to us, and we'll put our contact details in, in the, or you can find our contact details in the show notes. Can I say that? Yeah. But forgive Francois a first time podcaster here. We got a first timer, so <laughs> it's my first time. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You can find information about us. You can find information on how to get connected and subscribe to the podcast um, and all that in our show notes. And you can visit our website at legacyrefuge.org. dot org. Dot org. 
No, it's .org. .org. I don't know what you're saying. So we've kind of gone over a broad range of true love ideas today. You know, we're talking about true love action and love, you know, with church and people and God. And like, we've kind of over talked about a general, what is kind of true love? But over the next coming weeks, we're going to break down individual issues of true love and really dive deeper and deeper down into what God says true love is and with an eye towards the broken, the hurting, the orphan. So we hope you listen to the coming episodes and follow and subscribe and like us and heart us and love us. See you next time. Bye. Bye.